0: Dubai
1: 103.8. 103.8. 103.8. 103.8.
0: 103.8. What news has broken for those that haven't got out of bed yet this morning?
2: I know. So, okay. Overnight, uh, it's been announced that public and private schools across the UAE will have an early spring break starting from Sunday, uh, the 8th of March, and will last for four weeks. The Ministry of Education has announced the move as part of efforts to limit, of course, the spread of COVID-19, and all educational institutions, that includes universities, will be closed for four weeks, as said, and during that time, a sanitation clean down program will also be launched in schools and meanwhile public schools will be running a distance learning initiative during the last two weeks of the closure a testing for that starts today while private schools have been encouraged to share their online learning plans and that's exactly what we will be uh, hear- what we'll be doing today hearing from those private schools
0: so do private schools have plan b's will students learn from home how can parents maintain communication with their children's schools and tutors and teachers Uh, What plans uh, have the schools been able to put in place? What? Uh, information or uh, confirmations or otherwise, have you had from your schools? Please do share them with us now. Four zero zero one. Uh, big thanks in advance to our guests who probably haven't had a huge amount of sleep last night, but they have been kind enough to join us in studio to talk on behalf of their respective educational institutions. We are joined uh, by Amal Vadia, the senior director operations, Global Schools Foundation, the Global Indian International School, um, which of course. Going through uh, exam season in the Indian schools and curriculums at the moment. Amol, thank you very much indeed for being with us. Thanks a lot. Uh, we've also got alongside us uh, McJernan, who is the chief education. Innovation Officer at GEMS Education. Mick, thanks for being with us. Very good morning to you. And there's Brendan Fulton over there as well. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning. Principal at Dubai British School, Jamira Park, for Taleem. Brendan, lovely to see you as always. Morning, Tom. Good to be up. So let's start with you, Brendan, if we can. Uh, story has broken overnight. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about this in recent days. Not sure how, how how far back it goes for you guys and educators. But from a Taleem point of view, from a British a Dubai British School, Jamira Park point, of view what plans have you put in place so far
1: well we've um, been putting in place plans to plan b plans to accommodate this should it happen so um, the KHDA have been very good about keeping in communication with schools they've been checking on schools plans for distance learning uh, and we've been rolling out a protocol or we will be rolling out a protocol that we've been putting together over the last two weeks to support students in a, a distance learning capacity
0: uh, we turn the same question to you, Mick. Uh, in terms of the now infamous Plan B, what is it?
3: Okay, so I think we're probably working on Plan A and Plan B. <laughs> um, yeah, very good morning. Um, very similar, to be honest with you. I think we've we've been looking at and preempting that this announcement may well come. So we've been looking at this, I suppose, for the last two weeks. Uh, given our size and scale and four different curricula, we've had to look at, one, our technology readiness and can our systems actually cope with what we actually want to do, um, as well as then talking to each of our principals around uh, what we will call a remote learning plan, which is slightly different from an online learning plan. Um, we hope that all of those things will actually be ready and we're ready to communicate uh, our plans to parents by the end of this
0: week. Those are the thoughts of both. Uh, GEMS Education and Talim before. What about Global Schools Foundations? Amol, what are the plans?
4: Uh, to be honest with you, we already had the plan be integrated in the main uh, business plan. For the last couple of years, we have been building our technology resources in all campuses worldwide and leveraging the time lag that we have at our disposal to deliver uh, distant uh, learning uh, to our students in grade 10 and 12 now this is the chance for us to leverage it across all grades right from kg and we've been working on that uh, for launch in the new academic year which starts in april but this is probably an opportunity i should say to prepone it and kick start it immediately so we are launching our first video lesson for grade 7 today in dubai and abu dhabi will follow suit uh, next week
0: in terms of Distance learning. I mean, it's a new phrase to me. I wasn't aware of it until what Sunday of this week. I'm sure I'm not alone, and other parents out there the same. What does if we need to define distance learning and what it actually means? Is it the same sort of understanding across all curriculums? What does distance learning mean to it you? It has
4: to be two ways. I mean, whatever solution you implement in the school, it cannot be a one-way uh, uh, communication where teacher talks to the students. The students and the parents, if need be, because they all will be sitting away from school. So there is a chance that parents will also be in the session, indirectly hovering in the background. So you have to have a system where you allow a two-way or multiple-way communication so that even the chat is possible amongst uh, children when the session is on. And that's what we have implemented.
0: And Mick, is that the same, I mean, for you, distance learning, how have you defined it? Yeah, yeah we've, we define it in,
3: in a number of ways. Um, I think when you look at the perception of, when you say online learning, people have a perception that it's a screen, it's a set of activities, mm-hmm. you spend screen time there and then you finish, you do a test or an assessment and that's it. Our approach is really quite different. I mean, our, our students already engage in online learning as part of our normal school provision. Yeah. Whether that's through, um, you know, some of their supplementary work or home learning, whether they're using programs in English, math and science, um, things like IXL learning or Renaissance or Education City. Uh, but all of our schools also operate what we call flipped learning. Where actually, rather than the teacher delivering that content, content is given to students in advance, they study at home, therefore the time spent in school is more around in-depth conversation and in-depth learning and taking those concepts and content and actually applying it in in quite different settings. So our our students and and teachers are actually used to doing that. That can still be facilitated then as part of our remote plan and we can still have those uh, almost like live conversations between teachers and students. Um, live conversations chats about the work and keep that dialogue flowing so it's it's not about actually being static and the third piece uh, uh, is very similar to what's just just been mentioned around we're committing to a number of live online sessions mm-hmm. either small group or whole class learning uh, where the teacher is literally they do have their full class in front of them and it is fully interactive as it would be in any other lesson <laughs>
0: Listening to the agenda with Tom Urquhart.
2: Just when you thought it couldn't get any better.
0: On Dubai I 103.8. Bit of an agenda education special in light of decisions taken overnight by the Ministry of Education and, of course, the KHDA. That has prompted the question. Uh, in light of school closures, schools, uh, nurseries, universities for the next four weeks, the extension of the spring break, uh, what uh, implementations, what plans are in place in your schools? Please do share your thoughts with us now. Text me on 4001 try and get a wider picture of that one. To that end, we've got a very special panel in studio. Very kind uh, for these three gentlemen to join us. Uh, we've got uh, Amal Veda, the Senior Director Operations Global Schools Foundation. Mick jerner is the Chief Education Innovation Officer for GEMS Education. And Brendan Fulton uh, is the Principal at Dubai British School, Jumeirah Park, which is part of TALIM. And it was you, Brendan, that I was turning to um, uh, at the end of our conversation just a few minutes ago. uh, But just before that, a little big up before I ask you more. Uh, somebody texting in. And it's all good and well because we could have a go at schools all day long if we like today, but it's quite nice uh, with the uh, comments coming through of support. This one from a DBSJP, parent of three. So I just want to uh, take an opportunity to thank Brendan and his team at Dubai and British School, Jamiro Park, and Talim for pro- providing us all with clear and regular communications. We trust their leadership and judgement. So that's nice to get a little bit of a pat on the back as well in what is a difficult time for a lot of educators. Uh, we were asking you before the break there, Brendan, about your definition, Talim's definition of distance learning. What is it?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good question and I refer back to the answers of the other two panellists. So for us distance learning is a very open-ended uh, term. We, we think of distance learning as any opportunity to keep students engaged in the learning process outside of the classroom. We're very fortunate as a group of schools, Dubai British School and Talim, that distance learning and the concept of keeping students engaged outside of the classroom is something that we've been actively doing for many years now. Uh, but I think very important for parents in terms of uh, the confidence they need over the next few weeks is to try and understand how schools are going to make sure that their students stay engaged with and are able to make progress in their learning over the next few weeks. Uh, But the flip side of that is I think parents uh, want to know that the kids aren't going to be sat in front of a screen all day um, doing um, online activities and engaged with worksheets. Uh, So for us, it's a variety of different opportunities. Some of that will be technology-based. But like a normal school day, we will also be providing through our PE department uh, wake-up, shake-up activities for the students, brain break exercises, opportunities for physical activity. Through the art, music and drama departments, activities that the, the students can keep engaged with their creative side during the day. Through our, our um, food technology department, opportunities for students to perhaps uh, bake something in the kitchen with their mum or dad. Um, so f- for us, it's, uh, it- it's about making sure that the enriched opportunities that students have at school are available to them to be able to do independently at home in collaboration through technology with their teachers on an ongoing basis. To make sure that that feedback is continuous and ongoing. Uh, and so you, you
0: simply put, our teachers will be being very creative and working very hard over the next few weeks to make sure that that happens. I want to talk about teachers in just a few moments, but just sticking with distance learning, if I can, and the sort of practicalities of it. We talked about the sort of concept of it, the practicalities. I mean, with school, you drop your kid off at 7.30 in the morning. He or she needs to be in class at a certain time, et cetera. There is that structure. Is, the, is, the, is it the same with distance? You've got to be at a certain place at a certain time?
1: Yeah, I think I think the other important thing to note about distance learning is it's got to be age appropriate. So certainly for our exam classes and the older students, there will be a structured timetable they will be expected to follow. Uh, and of course, the teachers will be available to ensure that that's happening. We will also be doing registration for those students. So through our online platforms, we can make sure that they are engaging with the material that's been provided to, uh, to them which allows us to then get in touch with parents and, and keep them up to date with whether their son or daughter is engaging with the learning material. For, for the younger students, the day is likely to be a little bit more flexible uh, with a sort of means-end type approach to what we want them to be able to do during the course of a day and during the course of the week.
0: Well, you mentioned earlier about that, you know, the, the the necessity of it being a two-way process when it comes to distance learning as well. Um, in terms of the school environment, you're able to enforce timekeeping and and, and and behavior as well. Is there the same practicality to do that with distance learning or
4: not? Okay. It will be challenging, of course, but then uh, that's the need of the day. Okay, it will still have to be done. And we have devised uh, systems over the year wherein we know that the engagement can be ensured. Mm. when a distant learning program is delivered. And uh, as Brendan mentioned, it has to be done through uh, small projects, small activities which the child will be doing at home, you know, uh, proper question-answer uh, engagement session. Mm. So it will be multiple such activities which will ensure that it's a two-way engagement.
0: Uh, uh, Mick, I mean, ever the optimist, Tom, here, um, and every cloud ever has a silver lining. I'm sure I can get a couple more clichés out before the end of the show, but You know, as a chief education innovation officer, how often have we talked about e-learning and the changing face of education, the modern classroom at the moment? Uh, This is not ideal. It's been sprung on a lot of schools and a lot of parents overnight. But is this an opportunity as well? I I actually think it's a tremendous opportunity. and, And like you say, it's not
3: new. People have been talking about this for some time. You know, and can we get online virtual schools operating and, you know, what they could potentially offer into our market? Um, What we've seen, I think, from this is a a readiness to be able to um, activate plans, activate use of technology, um, and have people using the technology that they normally use in school but now using it outside school. So I think there is that continuity Uh, that we actually all want. We all want to make sure that learning is high quality. And, you know, we also need to dispel that myth, that myth, sorry, that, you know, online learning is not as high quality as face-to-face. I think Mm. when you put the two things together and you get that appropriate blend between independent study Um, teacher-led instruction, um, inquiry-based learning, all of those things, then I think you actually then create a system uh, that is ready and willing and able to cope with everything that the world will throw at it. Have your say on the agenda.
0: (laughs) with Tom Urquhart on Dubai i 103.8. Yeah, we're talking uh, school closures. Why? Because that's the news that broke overnight and we've been very kindly joined by three representatives of both GEMS Education, Global Schools Foundation uh, and Talim, uh, all here in studio, uh, giving us their thoughts on their plans in place at the moment uh, and also what parents can expect. Uh, Loads of parents getting involved with a lot of different questions. We will try and get uh, through all of them in just a few as, as long as we can. Uh, So do keep them coming through to me on 4001. Uh, Let's get um, questions with regards to exams because a lot of people texting in about exams. I know that uh, we're talking sort of several different curriculums at the moment. We are coming into exam season for British and American curriculums. Uh, Indian curriculum, uh, this is exam season, is that right? What what, 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 What sort of pressure does that put on those Sitting
4: exams. Uh, our children will be facing two kinds of exams. The grade 10 and grade 12 are facing the board exam and those are not cancelled. So right now uh, the exam is on in Abu Dhabi and Dubai and children are attending those and we believe that uh, there won't be any disruption in the schedule for the board exam. Now for the school exam which I've been on for last uh, few days, we have decided to go for online open book uh, tests from next week and what we are doing is we are doing a global uh, uh, testing uh, for all the 23 campuses that we have and we are scaling up the level of the exam so that you know we use it, uh, use this uh, situation as an opportunity to test our children for PISA kind of testing mm. so we are scaling up the level of the question paper which we'll conduct online next week and we'll try and gauge them uh, on how they stand with respect to Preparation for PISA.
0: As it stands, those that are sitting exams at the moment will continue to sit their exams. They will
4: continue to sit their exam, but from home. From it will home. be an open book uh, exam now. And does
0: that put pressure on, on you as an educator and your Definitely faculty? Definitely,
4: lots of pressure, because we have to change our uh, preparation overnight. Mm. Uh, this is what uh, we never planned for uh, two days ago. So everything has to be redrafted and replanned. The detailed platforms need to be created, tested, and all be put uh, in place by Monday. Just a practical: question, How do you moderate that how, if somebody's
0: sitting you know, remotely? The
4: teachers will be sitting at home if uh, regulators do not permit them to come to the school in these uh, next four weeks, and they'll be checking all the moderation, all the papers online. Those and are the thoughts
0: that. from Amol with regards to uh, those that are sitting in the Indian curriculum at the moment. Mick, you've got four curriculums to look after.
3: We have, yeah. Uh, We have um, a large number of students, obviously, within our CBSE schools. Uh, I think there are five or six public exams still left between now and March the 20th. Um, They take priority within those schools very, very, very clearly, and arrangements are being put in place for how those exams will be conducted. Um, as for the internal, um, assessments, uh, and examinations, our Indian schools are actually looking now at how they can actually plan those, uh, internal assessments and how they can actually conduct them, uh, using what's actually happened throughout the year already, because obviously all of our other curricula have a a sort of continuous assessment process. So it's less of an issue and less of a, uh, a pressure, I suppose, in terms of a terminal exam to determine your, you know, your sort of overall progress, uh, and attainment, um, However, in the other areas, um, you know, um, it's a priority for us. Uh, So our examination classes, our intervention classes, our revision classes, uh, leading up to all of those examinations from April and beyond. um, uh, We have uh, clear plans in place for what we would want to do with those. That will be more around teacher and, like I mentioned earlier on, around this live online class session. Mm. So that our students are not going to lose out on on, on this at all. They still have that regular contact with their subject teacher and learning should be continuous on that basis.
0: I mean, it puts pressure, doesn't it, Brendan, on, on, on you guys as educators uh, in terms of the maintenance of that. Not and, and Obviously, a lot of people texting in about those that are sitting big exams at the moment and in the curriculum, GCSEs coming up, A-levels not that far off as well, uh, those that need to get coursework in for ongoing uh, assessment. Um, but again, I suppose it's a, it's a challenge that uh, needs to be dealt with now and can throw up opportunities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, as uh, Mick said earlier, it's an exciting opportunity. We've asked our teachers over the last couple of weeks to be really creative and to think about ways that they can continue to inspire their students in the classroom. When it comes to exam groups um, I, I think uh, they're the best placed groups of students in the school because the, the the British curriculum really is about developing students that are independent and have developed a, a greater insight into their areas of study um, but obviously we need to make sure that provision for them is continuous as well and as I said earlier it's really important that that's not through a pack of worksheets or um, a, a continuous online activities on the computer but that there's a range of opportunities as you would expect on a normal school day uh, to keep students engaged and interested and to make sure that uh, you know we're not losing their capacity to stay focused as well.
0: A uh, question that's come in for you Amal, uh, with regards to a uh, specific question what will um, thousands of children in the mid of 10th and 12th of the CBSE board's exams do. I know you've partly uh, explained that already to us, but then goes on to ask, uh, do you know if the Indian embassy is coordinating with the UAE ministry, given that these exams are conducted by Delhi boards as well?
4: I'm sure they have already made the contact. And uh, I had a message from one of my contact in CBSE today morning, and they're already talking to the Indian ambassador here in Abu Dhabi and asking them to do the right kind of representation to a KSDA and ADIC. I'm sure they are on the job already.
0: Grace has been in touch with a question for you, Brendan, says as a parent uh, uh, of a student at DBS, uh, JP, Welcome the four-week break because I was already considering taking my child out of school. Anyway, had you spoken to the principal? In regards to homeschooling, it's a shame schools had stopped homework. I value homework very much because it provides me opportunity to be hands-on with my child's learning. I welcome, therefore... Home learning. Question, though, to Brendans, Travel or not to travel? What would you recommend? How flexible will the school be to a student returning a little bit late? For example, we had family gathering planned during the original school break.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good question and one that um, parents and staff and people across the UAE will be thinking about at the moment um, and obviously in many other countries. Uh, in terms of advice on travel, obviously, I'm, I'm not very well placed to give yeah. that. I would advise all people to um, follow the directors of um, the Dubai government, um, the the Department of, of Health um, But uh, also to follow their respective uh, countries' foreign office um, uh, advice. Um, In terms of flexibility within schools, I think uh, there's going to be a mandate for all of us to be incredibly flexible over the next couple of months. I think it's impossible to say what this is going to look like in a month's time. uh, And schools, parents and everybody needs to be resilient and adaptable. Um, I think uh, I would I would like to say that when school is available to people again in terms of students coming back into school it would be really nice to know that all of our students and parents are back in the country to take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, but obviously we have to respect people's personal plans.
0: Tweet Tom on the agenda now at Dubai Eye 1038 FM or at Seems back in the room and before we get back to the panel let's just reset at the moment because uh, whilst we are monitoring this situation let's just tell us what we know when it comes to KHDA, Ministry of Education and what has been said since what midnight last night.
2: Yes, yeah, so last night it was announced that all schools and universities across the UAE will be closed for four weeks starting Sunday, March the 8th. Facilities will be deep cleaned during this time and of course um, the KHDA and the Ministry have reiterated on their social media platforms that the decision was made in the best interests of the health and safety of students and the wider education community at schools and universities. So for parents who are saying we've not received any communication from our school, it's coming. Check your emails.
0: Right, let's just get some more thoughts before I reintroduce our panel, uh, Food for Thought. It's great to hear so many educators and uh, parents getting in touch with the show this morning. Really appreciate all of your texts. Keep them coming, 4001. Uh, David Hicks has been in touch with us this morning. Uh, David is the founding principal of DIA in Al-Barsha, which is an IB curriculum school under Ventures Education, Dave.
1: I'm focusing on the online. We're utilising platforms that are
3: already in place and a, a routine part of our inquiry and flip routines. And these systems have been trialled over a long period of time and are used frequently but also in more recent weeks anticipating uh, the concerns we have. We've been dedicating time to make sure that students are much more familiar with these and they've become adept at uh, accessing learning through these platforms and through many channels. I think a key part of this as well is monitoring the well-being of staff and students that are working in a, a more isolated forum physically So we'll be focusing very much on that. And our support teams are mindful that while they won't be delivering the academic support, they will be looking very closely at individual well-being.
0: David, thank you very much indeed for getting in touch with us. Equally, if there are other principals uh, of uh, um, uh, teachers out there that want to get in touch with us, bring us up to date with the policies and plans they have in place, please do so. Reach out to us now. Give us a call, zero four eight seven one five five zero zero or text on 4001. Parents also asking for your updates. Um, a lot of people uh, out there at the moment sending in their own sort of individual comments with regards to uh, certain schools and bits and pieces, the information that's coming through. We'd love to hear again from you, if we can. What information have you received from your school so far? Have you been told about the closure or are you being told to watch this space?
2: OK, we've got a mum texting in and she said that her, her son uh, studies at Horizon and they've been given this letter. School remains open as normal today and tomorrow. Please allow us time today to gather all the correct information and we will communicate updates once we are in a position to do so.
0: Um Simla? Uh, correspondence from your school. We'd love to hear from you. gokta has been in touch with us. Now, Gokta is an Indian dad. His daughter is in the 12th grade at the moment. Guess what? It's exam season at the moment, and he's worried.
4: There are thousands of kids in the Indian CBSE curriculum who are right now in the middle of exams giving the 10th and 12th boards which are handled or conducted by the Delhi Central CBSE board and if the schools are shutting down from sunday what will happen or what will be the fate of these exams i think there are about 5 to 10000 students appearing and we are all eager to know if there is any coordination between the delhi board and the CBSE curriculum with the UAE Ministry of Education.
0: You, I hope you got your answer in the previous hour because we do have Amol Veda with us here in studio, Senior Director of Operations, Global Schools Foundation, uh, which look after the Global Indian International School. Um, and again, let's just reiterate that one, if we can, Amal, about the, um, the the ongoing exams at the moment and and, uh, and allaying some of those worries and fears of parents.
4: No, I'm sure the exams will go on as usual because they are uh, already half the exam is over and it's only a matter of uh, next 8 or 10 days before all the major uh, papers are done. So I don't see that as a big challenge and I'm sure the way uh, KHD and IDEC uh, works, they are very responsive, very proactive. They must have reached out to all the stakeholders back uh, home in India and ensured that there is no disruption.
0: Sean, thank you very much indeed to your uh, question. It's a question that I'll put to Mick uh, or more of a comment because I just want to extend this a little further as we try and address all of your uh, comments and concerns. Yeah, I know there are a number of concerns, but it's interesting to see the number of text messages coming in, people seeing this. As an opportunity and make as an innovation officer, I'm sure that's something you concur with to a degree. Um, This one from Sean saying, Major Eye Opener, my eldest child daughter was part of the amazing blended programme at Wellington Silicon Oasis. It was a very good programme. She did really well. My eldest son is studying with PwC. Most of the projects there are online. And as for our other four children... They're all homeschooled, and it's amazing. I utilise multiple platforms, not stressed out with transportation, food, sports, and peer pressure. Um, Apple has introduced amazing tools for online teaching, and now we have YouTube. Hence, I've introduced edutainment. So again, yeah, while there might be concern out there at the moment, there is opportunity. But is that opportunity that needs to be tempered and, and done? Rather than parents just going, yay, this is my opportunity to take over education wholesale, you've got to include the schools, haven't you? Uh, yeah, um, obviously you do. I, I think I think it's about a better balance around that again.
3: Um, around it's not just around seeking resource that's out there, whether it's YouTube videos. Khan Academy, those sorts of uh, uh, types of, uh, of learning and courses, but actually embracing what the future is all about. Uh, and we know that university learning is no longer just about lecture halls and lecture theatres. Uh, it's more around online, most of the learning is conducted through use of social media. So really, you know, our job should be around preparing our young people for that future. And I think we do it really, really well. You, know, you mentioned the IB Blended program uh, up at Silicon Oasis. That was pioneering. We introduced that four and a half years ago now where every student has the uh, opportunity to take all six uh, of their IB subjects online Uh, now that's a very different way of learning but actually the success from that program also shows that students really do engage with a different type of approach not just about classroom but that blended approach and again I come back if the balance is right it will be incredibly successful.
0: Another question or comment from one of our listeners out there. Thoughts are with all of the principals in studio and all those listening in. The best of luck to you all. Uh, plans all sound positive, but how are working parents to manage this? We won't be home to facilitate. And it looks like Brendan's getting all the tough questions this morning. He's earning his lunch, that's for sure. Uh, he says, morning all. Can you please ask Brendan if all employees will still be getting full salaries, specifically teaching assistants who might not assist as much during distance learning? Now, I don't want to pick on you, Brendan, because this is obviously an issue for all schools, all universities, all education establishments at the moment facing these tasks. Yet we focus a lot on the students, but there are a lot of employees, teachers and otherwise that will be affected by this.
1: Yeah, I think it's an excellent question and a very pertinent question. And Talim have made a commitment already uh, this morning to honor all salaries of all of our employees for however long this uh, persists for. Uh, and I think uh, that uh, security for staff is really important. Um, I think another, another thing to mention, uh, whether you're a teacher or a support staff, the support staff have a, a hugely crucial role in the education of our children, and our philosophy is very much that what happens in the classroom is an important part of their education, but it's a lot bigger than that. And uh, the blended learning opportunities that Mick has discussed uh, and uh, the distance learning opportunities that we've been discussing are part of that program, which the support staff uh, obviously will remain involved in and obviously the teachers will be managing over the next few weeks.
4: Among staff, see the uh, what people need to understand is that the learning activity is not going to stop. Mm. The academic activity and the uh, chores that people need to do, they'll still be happening in the background. And therefore, it is very important that staff stays on board and get gets paid uh, appropriately uh, as usual. Mm. So this is only a uh, you know disruption which is temporary, perhaps but the process has to be uh, kept well-oiled and warm enough to uh, take it to the next level when the schools reopen again. Nick?
3: You can yeah, go. business as usual, really. Um, yeah. You know, that all of these plans in terms of remote learning have been developed and then will be delivered by teachers. But as part of that plan... Uh, we're, we're actually saying, where does your teaching assistant fit in? Where does your learning support assistant fit in? How does the other sort of support and admin staff contribute to all of that? And we're trying to detail each of those by providing a weekly plan for every single student. And so that will be tagged then to certain people to make sure that they're available at that time to actually deliver those particular sessions.
0: Um- one recurring question, and again, apologies if it's, a, if, it, if it's one that sort of comes across as a bit blunt, but one that uh, Lana and many others have asked this morning, said all your guests are mentioning that they've been working on these plans for the last couple of weeks. Uh, have been, the schools been notified uh, early about the possible closure? Because our school seems to be as surprised as much as we are this morning. That's from Lana, she doesn't mention her school or anything. I mean, again, this isn't, this isn't a conspiracy theory. There's not something that everyone's known about for weeks, is it?
1: No, and, and I think I would, ask that, uh, sorry, I would answer that in three parts. The first part is, as we've all mentioned, uh, much of this is an extension or an embedding of programs that we've been running for many years. Yeah. How do we keep children engaged outside of the classroom? Uh, the second part is that obviously uh, school leaders have to have been agile and astute to the fact that there is a possibility following global trends that schools may be affected in the UAE. Yeah. Um, However, the the KHDA, as I said earlier, has been very good about contacting schools over the last couple of weeks and asking us questions about our plans uh, that we have for distance learning and what technology we have available to support it. I mean, the big picture stuff for us here as schools is being able to answer the question, do you have the facilities, the technology, the staff, and the wherewithal to be able to keep students engaged in the learning process outside of school over the next four weeks? And the answer has to be yes.
0: Mm Uh, it, it is uh, obviously a question that's going to be asked, isn't it, Mick, out there? It, it makes sort of sense with people having got this information late last night. They would have thought what sort of process. But that, that, that's natural process, isn't it, to have plans in place? I think it is natural process. I mean, we, we
3: given the uh, notifications earlier around nurseries closing as precautionary yeah. measures, uh, we took that to say, oh, well, we need a task force in place to actually be able to manage this. We've communicated thoroughly with all of our principals around processes and our expectations for plans. So, you know, it, it is, as Brendan said, it should be part of our, our ongoing development of schools anyway. Um, and, you know, I think every school has a disaster plan in place mm. should something happen. And how do you carry on with that continuity of learning? I think this has just brought it to the surface more quickly, maybe, than the, the, than people first thought.
4: You know, businesses had seen seen it coming because we operate in Singapore and Japan and we already were facing the situation in Japan where all the schools are closed. In Singapore, we are greatly affected uh, uh, in the entire process of learning and teaching. So we knew for uh, sure that something may come up uh, up to our doorstep uh, very soon. Mm. Then we had something happening in uh, uh, Kuwait, we had something happening in Bahrain. Again, the schools uh, there have been closed for the last few weeks. So it was only a matter of time, perhaps, when uh, it would hit us in UAE. So we were preparing uh, for a contingency plan in the background. Nick?
3: Yeah, I just want to make a, a comment, really, about the, the, the broader education community. Um, I mean, it's, other countries have been affected by this in a much more severe way than we have so far. Um, so we've been reaching out to schools in China, Hong Kong, Singapore, and it's been amazing to see the the openness and willingness for school and school leaders to actually share their experiences, mm-hmm. share their plans, their types of communication, how they're coping with exams, and all of the challenges that all of uh, uh, the listeners have actually uh, raised this morning. So it's been really humbling, mm-hmm. you know, to say all of a sudden that this as a crisis for the UAE. Uh, is being dealt with and can be dealt with by reaching out to other people.
0: Okay, I've plucked up enough coverage. Um, I have buttered up our panel enough over the course of the last, what, uh, hour or so. Talking of that panel, we've got the Chief Education Innovation Officer for GEMS Education. Uh, Mick Jernan is with us. Uh, Amal Vadya is the Senior Director of Operations, Global Schools Foundations. And Brendan Fulton is the Principal of Dubai British School, Jumeirah Park. They're all here. Um, they're all here of of their own will as well. We haven't forced anyone to come in. They're more than happy to come in and address some of the questions, the many questions that are coming our way. Uh, One of them is, of course... Uh, all about school fees and it goes with reason that with the closure of schools a lot of parents out there are asking I mean thank you to all of you for your your, your, your text messages uh, I'll give you a little idea guys of, of, of some of the comments coming through Hi, uh, will we be getting refunds on our already exorbitant fees is one of the comments out there uh, another saying if real estate is 3% of the school operating cost will we get a 30% discount as we will not need the school buildings anymore we will bear the real estate cost at home the internet cost and the furniture cost and the videos and the cameras laptops etc 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 and uh, another one that came through from uh, one of our listeners out there much to a a similar uh, sort of um, angle uh, asking would there be an idea of prorated reductions etc everyone knows who they are texting those in let's throw it open to the panel who should we pick on first let's pick on we've picked on brendan throughout so we might as well pick on him from the beginning as well oh thank you very much no problem Uh, Yeah,
1: I mean, obviously, this is uh, something that a lot of people are going to be thinking about. Um, Obviously, parents, and I'm a parent myself, um, but also school operators uh, will be thinking about what this means for their operations. And uh, to be honest, I think schools won't really understand the impact on operational costs uh, until it unfolds over the next few weeks. Uh, our stance at the moment uh, as an organization, with Talim, is um, that uh, we retain full school operations in terms of providing education to the students. Uh, we recognize, obviously, that it's not an ideal situation. We would rather have the children in the school. Um, but in many ways, we are asking teachers to work a lot harder than they normally do in terms of being creative and providing the opportunities that we're expecting to be in place over the next few weeks. Um, So we are are maintaining full school operational costs in terms of salaries and all the things that go along with um, keeping that ticking over. Uh, And so um, we don't have any plans in place to offer rebates on school fees at the moment.
0: Mick?
3: Uh, Yeah, very, very similar. Um, We're operating as we would normally do. Um, Bear in mind, I I suppose, the... um, the programs that we're putting out are still being delivered and developed as I said earlier by teachers uh, we would just want to make sure that they are high quality that learning continues in the way that it that uh, that it should be uh, we'll look at those online opportunities we'll look at those small group opportunities we'll look at those live full online classes uh, and in that way you know we we're genuinely trying our very very best then to actually put still a quality education in front of every ch- every single child
0: mm.
4: yeah so uh, for Indian schools uh, This is exam time. So the exams, as I said, will have to be completed online. That's what we intend to do. And then the final results will be announced somewhere in end of March. And as it is, the schools were supposed to open in second week of April. So fortunately for us, it's happening at a time when there is not too much of uh, academic workload to be delivered or, uh, you know, academic lessons to be delivered to the children. Mm. So we are, I shouldn't say that, but we are probably better placed in comparison to the British or Abbey schools. Mm. But they do have a lot of uh, stakes already in place. And I don't think for them the business will stop, uh, even though the children will not be coming to the school. So uh, I think uh, there is no question of uh, probably passing on fee reduction at this stage. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, um, and Brendan, I mean, but we, we heard earlier on that there was going to be a freeze on uh, school fees This at the end of the year anyway. Um, the idea of reduction it seems to be, well, it's opportunistic, I'm sure, from a number of parents. But again, it's, one, it's, it's, it's a question I'm sure that you will be fielding a lot in the coming days.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important. I, I completely understand the question. I don't want to dismiss it offhand because um, it is a valid um, concern from parents. Uh, but certainly, from our perspective the, the the educational journey which parents pay for on an annual basis is very much a journey, and uh, it 's not possible to slice it out into months or weeks or terms uh, and Our commitment and all good schools commitment should be that, regardless of what, uh, what takes place um, in terms of the, the next few weeks with regards to school closures, uh, that we should be able to guarantee parents that their students will still complete the academic year having made the progress that we promised they will make uh, as a school. Uh, and, and I know that the majority of parents um, don't necessarily pay for the facilities and the things that happen every day, but they pay for that commitment from the school.
0: Mm. Um, I'm going to ask you all to look into the future, if you can. And I know the future is a little bit unpredictable at the moment, but Tien Vessels has been in touch with us this morning. Uh, Tien, thank you very much indeed to you for your text message saying, uh, could you ask your esteemed panel, just trying to butter up the panel quite right too, as Tien, with this question. So what happens After the four weeks, people have the means to travel. They will travel. But then what? Uh, They could get the virus. And As reported, it takes up to how many days for the the virus to show itself. What then? We will have a bigger problem on our hands. Again, I mean, I feel awful asking you this one because there's only so much you guys can do as educators to control parents and students.
1: Yeah, I think, again, it's an excellent question and it's one that we're all sitting here will be wondering as well, you know, will this be four weeks and then back to business as usual or won't it? I think the one thing I will say, though, is just yesterday on TV, the director of the World Health Organization praised the UAE government for the response to the coronavirus. Uh, and I think as uh, as individuals, sometimes we don't necessarily understand the actions that get taken. But I think it's a helpful time for people in the UAE to uh, respect and to abide by the guidance and um, the directives provided by the government because uh, they seem to be doing a very good job in keeping us safe. Uh, and I think they will like us be looking two to four weeks at a time to try and make sure that they're doing everything that they can to ensure the safety of the people, the citizens, uh, and the people in the country at this point in time.
0: And I'll predict the
4: future yeah, for us. Uh, WHO has uh, last week published a study on how the outbreak of diseases is controlled, and isolation is considered to be the best way to control the spread of diseases. Mm. And I think, uh, as the saying goes in English, a stitch in time says nine is the right time to uh, take the precautionary step. And for most of the schools, uh, it's manageable. Even though it will put a little bit of discomfort to the community as such, the timing is perhaps uh, the best available uh, if you look at the the spread of disease in Middle East. So I think uh, MOE has taken the decision at the right time. What we should be avoiding as a society is we should not be treating this as another holiday. Mm. I mean, because this is not the last crisis uh, like this that we'll see in our lives. Mm. We should be using the opportunity to reorient the entire way to uh, our lifestyle, the health options, the way the learning and the education happens. So it's an opportunity for even the families to take a relook at everything and uh, scale up.
0: It's interesting you say that, reiterates a number of the comments coming through. Uh, somebody saying, please, 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 can you add that this is not an excuse for a holiday if the schools are closed? We are trying to contain the virus here. A lot of other people, make talking about the fact that, look, kudos to the schools for or the school authorities for taking this initiative with the backing of the schools. Does that not therefore put more pressure on malls and larger corporations as well? Again, that's not something that we can comment on here. But I suppose people are seeing that, that imbalance at the moment, that the responsible move has been taken by the educational authorities. Mm-hmm. Why not in other authorities as well?
3: Yeah, it's a very, very interest, interesting perspective. You know, large gatherings and the advice that we've been given in schools about how we should control all of those things um, maybe don't necessarily translate to other uh, um, other situations so i suppose moles are are more fluid um you know they're less contained in our classrooms as uh, uh, as we are more in terms of larger gatherings outdoors whether that makes a difference or not i'm i'm not too sure i'm probably not qualified to actually comment on that Mm. i suppose that you know the the the, the, what people must do i suppose is just follow the guidance that's been issued by each authority
0: The Agenda is your opportunity to air your views.
2: Share your thoughts and
0: join the conversation by text, by phone and online. If you're just waking up at 11.38 on a Wednesday morning, you lucky, lucky things you, because everyone here in the studio has been up for hours trying to get their head around breaking news overnight that schools, universities, nurseries... Education establishments will be closed for an extended spring break, uh, certainly for the next four weeks or so, we are told. We are watching this one with um, a bated breath, close eyes and keeping you updated on it. I'm trying to collect a couple of questions because I'm conscious of time um, and getting you back to your desks to answer those emails, fellas. Uh, let's get on to a few of those. Craig Vance has been in touch. Similar uh, question as anonymous. also all sort of ECAs. Craig opens with, hi, my friend owns a business that relies on the facilities of the schools and the children Attending, um, what's going to happen there? Uh, goes on to the anonymous one, uh, saying uh, almost all uh, providers of sports are finding non-school locations to conduct classes, which beats purpose of avoiding the virus. Um, putting it to you guys because obviously we've seen that ECAs uh, have been suspended at the beginning of the week. When it comes to your properties, are they allowed to be used for other ECAs and groups, or are all schools closed for ECAs? So, March, we start with
4: you. No, we have stopped uh, giving out our facilities since uh, one week now. Mm. Because we don't want to, if if the regulator believes that our children will get exposed to virus, if they go out and play together, we don't want outsiders coming in and uh, using the facilities.
0: Because times were, well, wasn't it, Mick, that, that outsiders could come in and set up their camps at your facilities, yeah? They could do that, Yeah, yeah. That's now all managed
3: in-house, so we've followed the guidance which says that all ECAs have to be stopped within school and therefore school premises would actually be closed as a result of that.
0: And Brendan, I mean, that's what schools are taken, but the schools have no control over what people are doing at other facilities that aren't schools, correct?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, we, we've received the directive um, that we should have no external agencies or students coming onto the school site from the beginning of the week. Um, so I, I imagine all schools have stopped external ECAs and students who use those uh, providers coming onto the school site. Uh, The comment on uh, these providers finding off-school site um, uh, facilities... Completely understandable um, if they're allowed to do that. But obviously, as a school, we have no authority over whether they can or can't do that. They are a completely autonomous organization.
0: Zina Zalamea, I'm sick and tired of getting it in the neck from angry parents because not asking their questions this morning, just because we haven't got enough time at the moment. So over to you to share that burden with me.
2: Sure. don't pl- Please don't get angry at us. OK, how will schools deliver programs to FS1 and 2 children? Good question. My daughter's in FS2. Anyone want to answer mm-hmm. that?
3: Yeah, I I think it's, as we alluded to earlier on, um, it's simple, keep it simple, a whole range of different types of activities that almost mirror what those students are doing within school. I mean, bear in mind that uh, Key Stage 1, Key Stage 2, it's more around free-flow learning, uh, it's more around play and exploration, um, and those opportunities then for additional exercise or singing or dance, uh, alongside one or two aspects that they do already do in school that are online, Um, I think we can manage and recreate some of those scenarios uh, quite easily within that home setting.
2: Related question. Uh, This one's just come through. Thank you for your text. Hi, we're working parents. We're not sure how distant learning will work with kids when they're only supervised by a nanny. Uh, Also following this, there should be a move by the government to push companies to allow work from home from parents. Good point. This decision to keep children (laughs) from home for a month, cannot work in isolation. It's a huge concern for working parents. It's a valid uh, concern.
4: Uh, That's the reason I mentioned that probably this scenario will mean that the cost of operations will go up for schools. This is a very legitimate uh, comment that the uh, parent has put. Many parents, we believe, will not be ready to have their children go online when they are not present in the house. So the school teachers may have to take the classes or sessions after the school working hours or if the regulator permits on Friday or Saturday. And that means more cost, more running cost to the school and many more challenges to the teachers.
2: Do you have anything to add to that, Brandon?
1: Yeah, again, I think it's a legitimate question. And uh, as uh, my wife and I are both working parents ourselves uh, with, with a, a young da- daughter and older children, so it's a challenge that many parents will have to face. And uh, I can only hope that uh, the industry in the UAE will be uh, flexible and responsive to uh, the needs of parents over the next few weeks. I think uh, as a community, we all have to band together to make sure that this can work
2: and uh, f- uh, we've been hearing reports of, you know, from individual parents saying their companies, these are private companies that have given them flexible working hours, anticipating, uh, you know, announcements such as this one. So if you are a working parent, if you're a company who is doing just this, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, keep your thoughts coming in uh, uh, with regards to all of the topics that we are discussing to get today. And and again, I'm conscious of the fact that, you know, the guys that have been kind enough to give us their time here, um, a lot of questions are coming in that aren't specific to education. But really interesting one, uh, Mick, and one I want to throw to you, because given your role as an innovation officer Mm -hmm. and specifically pushing that sort of boundaries of innovation in education – again you know a lot of other industries a lot of other regulations will have to look at this as a as a as an opportunity um, a lot of people texting in saying imagine how straightforward it be it could be to distance learning if kids could do teleconferencing on a number of public platforms like Skype now we are not here to judge the regulations around Skype and other video conferencing platforms but in light of the sort of situation do I want to use the word crisis? Not crisis, because it is an opportunity. Things like this need to be talked about again, don't they? It certainly
3: does. I mean, and I think it's a great opportunity. I mean, if we thought about the whole school population, all of a sudden going online. Uh, all at the same time from eight o'clock from Sunday morning onwards, what's actually going to happen to the ecosystem and, and, and will the, the infrastructure actually cope with that? We don't yet know. But I think it's, it's responsible, I think, for uh, people to open that debate around, can we unblock some of these services? Can we open Skype back up? Can we make sure Zoom is stable, et etc.? et cetera, so that people have got a ready-made platform to actually collaborate? Because I think from all of the parents so far, that's what parents are really after. They don't mm. want the static online content they want to know that you, as a teacher, can talk to them, can still talk to their children, and that, you know that these platforms are able to to cope with
0: that. Yeah, given how unpredictable the Wi-Fi is in my villa at the moment, as well, it could be a sort of nightmare. And again, I mean, I, I laugh at that, but that that is something that needs mm. to be thought about. That that it, in order for this, children need to have access to unbroken
3: Wi-Fi. Coverage. It does, it, it does, and I think people also need to be patient. Uh, with us in terms of rolling some of these plans out and the level of traffic uh, that we'll see in terms of uh, Wi-Fi networks etc um, we think it's going to be an evolving picture uh, we remain optimistic mm. that everything will work as 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 we're planning to do um, but if it doesn't we've also then got a plan B that is a little bit more around uh, what we'll call asynchronous learning uh, i.e. more static content whilst we actually resolve some of those particular issues
0: from what from your understanding from your understanding she'll ask you to sort of wrap up in a moment before we do that from just to clarify one thing a lot of people are getting right this four week thing this four week period that we're talking about is that done and dusted is that something that is going to is set in stone at the moment or again is that flexible if things change Yeah,
1: I I think um, we have to act on the advice and guidance we've been currently given and that's what we know for now. So I think uh, schools should plan for that and schools have planned for that. But I think uh, like we were doing in the last couple of weeks, we should also be thinking about the plan C to the plan B um, because there is a a possibility, I guess, that um, that four-week period could be extended based on updated information and uh, we just need to be agile to that.
0: Any other additions to that? Everyone's in concurrence? Listen, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough. Th- I'm going to ask you for sort of last bits of advice to all those questions. Apologies to all those questions we haven't got to. Hopefully we have addressed all the big sort of topics that you wanted to uh, this morning. Um, we'll definitely get you back in for Plan C, that's for sure, Brendan, when that comes around, if that comes around before uh, we start scaremongering anybody out there. But uh, Brendan, let's start with you if we can. I- if there is one piece of information that people take away from the conversation we've had over the last hour or so what is it
1: i think uh, it's to be understanding uh, and to empathetic to the situation that we're in um, it, it's not of anybody's doing and yeah. i think people are genuinely trying their best to make um The most out of the situation. I said earlier that ideally we want children in school, in the classroom, but uh, it is not an ideal time for that to happen. Uh, So plan B is very much about how we minimize the negative impact of that and, uh, and maintain a positive working environment for our students. I would also ask parents to trust their schools. Uh, I I know that uh, they would have chosen to send their children to that school because they believe it's a good school, because they believe it's a place where their children will be well looked after. Uh, And I would ask them to trust that their school leadership is doing everything that they can to make sure that uh, the next four weeks are an exciting time for their students. Brendan, Sorry for their children.
0: Brendan Fulton, Principal Dubai British School, Jamira Park. Tarleen, thank you very much indeed for being with us. Absolute pleasure. All the best over the next uh, four weeks or so. Uh, Mick, let's go over to you. Mick's the Chief Education Innovation Officer for GEMS Education. What is the what is the information people take away from this?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think for us, it's listen to key messages. Um, we want to make sure that our communication is very, very clear. Our expectations of parents, of teachers, of students are also very, very clear within the plans that, that we're creating um, we also want parents to actually exercise a degree of flexibility with us as well especially within the first two weeks uh, around what works what doesn't work uh, and therefore work with us uh, and trust that we, we've got um, you know, every child's best interest at heart um, we don't want to disadvantage anyone in terms of this particular situation and we're trying our very very best to maintain that quality of education uh, that we're all in this room um,
0: known for Thank you very much indeed for that. Thanks for your time this morning. And final thoughts uh, from the Senior Director Operations, Global Schools Foundations. Amal Vedia has been with us as well. What is the last piece of advice?
4: Uh, my only observation and advice to all will be uh, looking at the way things have evolved in South Asia, especially China, Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, and then subsequently into Middle East and other uh, parts of the world. I think we are seeing an inflection point in the way learning process will be delivered in future. Technology will play a dramatically different role in coming days and the way the structured schooling happens. I think that is getting increasingly going to be challenged in future. And that inflection point is now. This crisis has put across that point in our lives now.
0: Huge thanks to all three of our panellists. Uh, uh, some great thoughts, great points being made as well. And the point as well that these bold decisions are being uh, monitored, not just by you parents out there, but by a lot of uh, external and international observers. You know, this is news that has made headlines the world over, not just here in the region, and therefore the eyes of the world are on the education system here with good reason.
2: This is Dubai I 103.8.